0: Let's just count down from 100. Yep. <laughs> this show from the top. <laughs>
1: Hello campers. Welcome to Museum Camp. I'm Megan. I'm Madison. Hello. Welcome to the podcast that brings you down memory lane from before you even existed.
0: (laughs) Just collective memory. I just thought, I thought you were saying the podcast that brings you down. And I was like,
1: damn. (laughs) Not always. Just only sometimes. (laughs) Only sometimes. (laughs) Um, campers, it's been, I feel like a month (sighs) since we have recorded last. I know that factually it's been like a week
0: and a half. (laughs) Yeah, but anytime Madison and I spend more than like three days without seeing each other's face, it's bad.
1: It's bad for everyone. Um, It really is. So we've been, yeah, we'd um, prepped the last few batches of episodes all at once. Now we're back, Um, and so I just feel like we have a lot to catch up on. Would you like to start Mm. with your small talk? I would love to start with my small talk.
2: (laughs)
0: First of all, here's something embarrassing. I was trying to, so I tried many times to watch the ninth season of, um, alone. And, um, I, you know, like I have a smart TV, so I should be able to get like on the internet and just to like, let it stream that way on Mm history.com. And I just couldn't get it to work. I was getting real frustrated, Mm -hmm. couldn't get it to work. And then I saw that Alone had a new season on Netflix. And so I was like, I'm sure I've already seen this season. So I went to go look at what it was, and it was season eight. I was like, oh, I've already seen that. And then I like did a double
1: take and I was like, wait, yeah. No, I haven't. Okay. We had a very similar moment because (laughs) I was talking to my friend the other day about the newest season of Alone. And I'm like, we started talking about it. And I was like, I think we're talking about different things. And yeah. I had no idea that I'd skipped an episode or a season entirely. Yeah, no clue. No clue. So I binged all of it. <laughs> oh my God. Was it so good? I heard it was really good. Yeah. Have you not started it? No, we're still, cause I I'm going to get them all confused. And I think the current season of alone season nine only has uh-huh. like one or two more episodes before the finale, okay. but it's still coming out. So we're going to wait until we've finished that. Cause yeah. otherwise I'll get, I mean, it's just, it's so many white people. I'm just going to get them confused.
0: Yeah, it's a lot
1: of whites. Um wow, looks very similar.
0: Well, and I will say the I was so sad. The person that I wanted to win season eight came very, very close. Um, but unfortunately they did not win. And I just I picked him out from the beginning yeah. as my favorite. And you know, when you're rooting for him the whole time and they go so
1: him. long. I know. My I'm excited for you to watch season nine because my favorite well. Honestly, I love a lot of them, but my like favorite person who I think you would also really enjoy um they had to do a medical extraction which just devastated Ugh. me. It's always so hard. So sad.
0: Ugh. Um and my I will say I think it's season 7. Yeah season seven, I picked the winner, like from the first episode Did you, I loved Roland and I knew oh, he was going to win. Um, awesome. but so before I realized this about season eight of alone, <laughs> I started watching naked and afraid. <laughs>
2: oh dear God.
0: <laughs> Cause I was like, I need something at least somewhat similar.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, have you ever watched naked and afraid?
1: Here's the thing. I have been in the room while Naked and Afraid was playing, and it, I just I'm going to set the scene for you. Okay. <laughs> it was at my grandma's house. Sure, that's the whole scene. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> and there, like, I love my grandmother so much. She is the greatest person. However, I don't. I just wasn't super excited to be uh, watching naked people roam around the jungle. No with her. Yeah, that would be
0: awkward. I think it was awkward. Um, she loves the show. It's but. so funny because it's like very dramatic, um, yeah. and clearly partly fake.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but it, the okay. So I watched the whole first season of it. And I was crying because every episode, so first of all, they put in a man and a woman together each time. So like, okay, you the know, attention. the tension, the um, and they, they go over the top with being like, we are not having sex out there. Like, I swear to God, we're not having sex.
1: And it's like, okay, well, so you're protesting you can way s- too much,
0: protesting way too much. Um, oh God. but like every episode of the first season started out with like the guy being like you know I hope it's not one of these like princesses who like can't do anything out in the wild and then like without failure every single time the something would happen to the man and he'd turn into a baby and the woman would have to take care of everything Mm -hmm. and then at the end the guy would be like I guess this one woman is okay (laughs) tail as old as
1: time. Just tail as so old as so
0: funny. So funny. Oh, um, but then the other thing I've been watching are the new episodes of What We Do in the Shadows. That was on my list too. Oh my
2: god, so good.
0: It's so good. Okay, baby Colin Robinson has had me and Mike in tears.
1: When he started reading his pin number. And it was just digits of pie. I was losing my mind. It was, we were crying. That show, we don't deserve it. So good.
0: Um, I have one other thing, but it's kind of like a news piece. Why don't you tell me about like what you have on your list? Okay. I also have a news piece.
1: Oh, I wonder if it's the same one. Oh my God. Uh, (laughs) And here's what I, okay. Well, I'll start with the media I've been consuming. Okay. So the reason we had to record in batches um the past few episodes is because last weekend, when we normally record, my mom was in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had a great time. We did a lot of stuff, but kind of by the last day, the day she was leaving, we were just a little exhausted. And so we just like ordered food in for every meal and we binged um the thing about Pam on oh. Hulu. Yeah. Renee Zellwiger. Yeah. Um, and did you ever listen to the podcast? I sure did. Oh, so good. So Um, good. Although I don't remember the story at all. Well, same. I remembered like the general gist of it and just like, you know, okay, Pam was obviously crazy. Like, you know, I remember that. Um, but it was really good. And it was like weirdly quirky because it was the whole thing was like more just about how she's fully a psychopath. Um Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, it was really fascinating. It was really fascinating. Um, I just remember but- the guy with the like hilarious
0: voice hosted the podcast. I,
2: don't I never
0: can remember his name. He's like a news
1: anchor. Oh, is it, um, Keith Morrison? Yes. Okay. I love him. And he narrated the show too, which was so good. Cause it, was, it felt like, like the Grinch or something. Like he has a very like Grinch narrator voice, Yeah, but sure. they made it like, so they made it really like, I don't know. Quirky is the only way that I can like come up with. Cause it was like just showing how fucking strange this and delusional this woman is. And so they would do these mm. scenes where it was like still kind of narrated, like almost storybook style And it would like then show things from Pam's perspective, which were, which was obviously so delusional. And it was like way like dramatic and stuff, but it was really good. It was really, Hmm. um, really great. Um, so I recommend that one, obviously what we do in the shadows. And then the other piece of media I've been consuming is a podcast. Um, so I know in uh, a recent episode, we kind of talked again about, Um, my dad wrote a porno and how just like hilarious and ridiculous and like, what a great idea for a podcast. So, good. so this one, I feel like is, um, satisfying a similar craving, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just like goofy, hilarious podcast. And it's called who Shat on the floor at my wedding. Oh no. (laughs) And it is these two women who got married a few years ago. And they're from Australia. So they have, you know, really great engaging accents. Um, mm-hmm. And they had this wedding on like a little like cruise ship or boat or something. So it was a closed crime scene and someone shot on the floor. And so they
2: <laughs> they oh brought in my their God. friend
1: who's acting as the detective and they're like <laughs> interviewing guests. And they're like, it's like 15 episodes. Like, okay, I've already done <laughs> that. Act- it. It's so, I'm only like, Two episodes in, and they're absolutely killing me. They got like a cheap lie detector test off of Amazon, and they're it's it's so funny. I love it. Oh my god, I cannot wait to listen to that. Yes. Um, Okay. The other, the news piece that I have Uh Uh um, is yours about the Georgia guidestones. Yes. Oh my (laughs) god. (laughs) Just. Absolutely insane, fully crazy. And so, campers, if you're, you know, if you haven't listened to all of our back catalog, which we'll forgive you for, I guess. um, Megan covered this one many episodes ago in an immature history, where we Mm -hmm. talked about the Georgia Guidestones and how it's so funny because I've been reading some like news articles and things like that, and it's just like, oh, it's the you know American. stonehenge <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's not the same. yeah not quite the same um but then they were just simply blown up like a week yeah. ago yeah and no one knows who did it and there's all these conspiracy theories around i think alex jones is freaking out of course he always is he's right of course world. um yeah it is it's fascinating and no leads yet that i'm aware of uh-uh
0: I'm trying to find, I
1: think i found the immature history
0: episode. I just want to double check that it, yes. Okay. So immature history number 35 is where I talk about the Georgia Guidestones. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. but wow. Like so weird and sad.
1: I know we lost an icon. We did. We really did.
0: I also, I forgot. Um, I, so there's a show that I feel is probably um, beloved by many different generations of people um, that has continued on forever that I have never watched a single episode of, and that I've been told many, many times that I need to. And so the other day I watched the first episode from, I guess, the BBC version of Doctor Who. Oh. Yes. And while thoughts? it was in 2003 and the graphics were so bad, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was very enjoyable. Um, was and it? I will definitely be watching more.
1: Yeah, okay. for sure. I That's one of those things. Doctor Who is one of those things to me where it's like, I have a hard time diving into something pre-existing that has a fandom. Yeah, I get that. Which is why traditionally sports not really been my thing. Yeah, you know, Matthew has really gotten me into soccer, which has been really fun, so I'm, you know, sure. broadening my horizons. Look at you go. Look at me go. Um <laughs> but yeah, I just like, yeah, I get that. It's really lot. intimidating for me because aren't there like yeah. just a zillion seasons? And then there's a zillion. The doctor, the main character, just changes actors every changes so like actors time, changes actors all the
0: time. And so, like, the thing is, is I start. So, the Doctor Who that I started with, and I think one of the reasons I was immediately drawn in is because, and damn it, I'm blanking on his name. Um, But the guy, who was Doctor Who? I'm gonna type this sentence as I'm talking. Um, But the guy who was Doctor Who in 2003. I know was, David <laughs> was in it. Yeah. I it... love him. God, what is this guy's name? See, and that's the thing, like it shouldn't be. Okay. Christopher Eccleston, who I was first introduced to. Via the leftovers, which I don't think you've watched, but it is a mm. very, very good show on HBO. Um is that and the time I have no
1: people die and they don't go. People
0: disappear.
1: Disappear. And no okay. one knows
0: where they've gone. It's a um, rapture esque It's very yeah. <laughs> really to me, which is really nice. trauma inducing. Yeah. If okay, you okay.
1: um if, I, if I'm, you know, hurting for if I'm <gross>.
0: I hate that phrase so much, but I love it also. Um, but anyways, he was in that show and he was such a good actor. And I remember like his role being a standout for me yeah. because I was like, this guy is amazing. Yeah. And then when I saw that he was Dr. Who, I was like, oh, okay. So he's had practice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's, <laughs> he's a well-known actor and I just haven't seen him in anything else. <laughs> um. But yeah, I really liked it. So I plan to watch the rest. So love it. But yeah, Mike walked in as I was watching that and he was like, you're not even starting with the first episode. And I was like, I don't know when this show started. I can't keep
1: track of this timeline. Can they just,
0: this is the first one available on HBO and that's what I'm going with.
1: Oh, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's too much. Um, well I love that.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Um, but that's
1: it from my list. I love it. We've just been while we're packing up our belongings. We've just been, uh, we've watched all of the episodes of taskmaster available on YouTube. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Sure. So now we're restarting and I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm circling around, I think a good starting point for you based okay. on, um, a variety of factors of like, okay, where am I going to sit you down and make you start watching this yeah. season? So I have okay. to, you know, audit them all with this in mind. So stay tuned. Okay.
0: Also, um, I'm going to take a different route. We're really just um, rambling on, but I have something else to say. And this is something we don't normally talk about, which is music. Um, And I found yesterday that Brandy Carlisle has a little girl band called The High Women. Mm -hmm. And it's her, um, Natalie Hemby- Amanda Shires and Marin Morris. Mm-hmm. And they sing like, um, very, you know, it's very yeah, Brandy Carlisle, very yeah, like folksy I music. Randy. I think I did. And they cover like Fleetwood Mac
1: and it's so good. I love, I love Brandy Carlisle. I Same. have been listening to Glennon Doyle's podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. And Glennon and Brandy and their families are all BFFs. And so oh, I love, that. I know, which is so, I'm just so jealous of everyone in that situation. I just want to be friends with all of
0: them. Um,
1: and so Glennon's daughter Tish wrote the theme song for Glennon's podcast and Brandy Carlisle mm-hmm. like helped her with it. And it's this oh. beautiful song. And every time I listen to it, I cry and it's just perfect. Oh, I love it.
0: We love it.
1: We love it. Um, all right. We got a big show ahead of us. Should we wrap? Yeah. Let's tell. Yeah. Well, and let's tell the campers what lies ahead. Here's what lies ahead campers. Um, as I just alluded to, I've been busy, um, get off her back. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Um, (laughs) but I had to text Megan yesterday and be like, here's the thing. I have nothing. I have nothing yes. in me right now. <laughs> I was like, I have been packing. I have been working. I have been, um, you know, having a lot of emotions that come with a big move across the country that I'm gearing up for. I just yeah. have not had the time to research a full museum. So we're getting a little, we didn't want to ghost you. Um, right. And we're, so we're getting a little experimental. Um, so, campers, welcome. the very first and potentially only who knows the very first museum (laughs) camp variety show the great museum camp variety show that's what we're calling it that's what we're calling it um to the point it's it's perfectly (laughs) descriptive um okay so here's what we're gonna do i'll um you know kind of walk you through the outline that i wrote out quickly this morning oh okay um we're going to start off with some tiny, teeny tiny amateur history ish uh-huh. things, some micro history, I think. And these are literally things that I have found in like Reddit comments, <laughs> just like two <laughs> lines. Um, Perfect. Yes. Then we're going to turn it over to Megan. She's going to walk us through some mini museums, not necessarily museums that are small in size, but small in information. Right. Um, Patreon members. Mm-hmm. This will be familiar to you. This is something we have, um, you know, given you all in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'm going to bring us home with, um, I am going to do a museum, but it's going to, I'm just simply going to read the Wikipedia article and I am sorry, just deal with it. Just let me, don't don't be sorry. I'm not sorry. I was just, we
0: give and we give, we bleed (laughs) for this podcast. Okay. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Let me live yeah okay it'll be okay and with that goodbye intro goodbye intro what if I now just did a whole new intro <laughs> and welcome to our and welcome.
0: second
2: intro <laughs> <laughs> all right and in
1: this intro <laughs> Um, Okay. So I have for our micro uh, uh, immature history, I have three things for us. Great. Um, And we're going to start off with the longest one. It's not very long, um, but this is just something that I have basically when I was sourcing information for this episode, I just looked at all the things that I've saved on Reddit recently. Um, (laughs) And so now I'm just going to mama bird them back to you. Thank God. I'm hungry. Open <laughs> wide. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so this is the Wikipedia entry for Fontana della Tete. Okay. Um, which is an old fountain. I like that that's all it says. An old fountain. <laughs> an old fountain. Yeah. Old. Is she old. Uh, old? In <laughs> We don't know. Um, um, in Treviso, Italy. Under wow. the rule of the Venetian Republic, it poured white and red wine during special celebrations. The name yeah. translates into English as the Fountain of Tits. <laughs> <laughs> it features a topless woman squeezing her breasts and water representing breast milk coming out of her nipples. Oh she's killing it. Killing it. Um, the and sometimes de- wine. It's, yeah, so it said in the Venetian Republic, yes, it poured, I think, white wine from one and red wine from the other. So we just got a rosé situation going on in the pool. Yep, Uh, love it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Okay, uh, the Fontana de la Tete was built in 1559 on the orders of Alvise de Ponte, at the time, mayor of the Republic of Venice, all my favorite things. (laughs) Um, And it was as a result- of a severe drought that struck the city of Treviso and the surrounding countryside. So, you know, exactly what you do in a drought is you build a fountain. That's what you have to do, yeah. You have to. Originally, the statue was placed inside the Praetorian Palace uh, in Via Calmaggiore in the autumn of every year of, in the autumn of every year of the autumn, Mm. Mm. every autumn, I would assume, um, in honor of every new, Podesta. just trying to reach the minimum
0: word. Down. I know. It's like,
1: what are we talking every about? Every autumn of every year in the yeah. autumn time, in the, autumn. When the leaves start to fall. Yes. <laughs> in the third season of every year. Um,
2: <laughs> um, okay.
1: So every honor of every new Podesta, which was the name given to the holder of the highest civil office in the government of the cities of central Northern Italy during the late middle ages. So that guy, mm-hmm. Red wine flowed from the nipple of one breast and white wine from the nipple of the other breast. And all mm. citizens could drink the wine for free for three days. Mm. Are you kidding me right Amazing.
0: Now? Better than when Jesus did it with the, you know. Yeah, he needed to step off his game. He did.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> um, then there's the only other thing that this shows is um, in the Wikipedia article. There's lots of pictures, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. but then there's just the plaque of it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, So that's Fontana de la Tete. Um, the first thing I've got for us all, um, the next one is a Reddit post, um, from the subreddit today I learned, um, and it looks like it was lifted from an article on scotsman.com.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it says today I learned King James, the first King of Scots liked to play tennis. He knocked so many balls of the court off the court and down an old, uh, drain. Okay. I tried to transcribe this while I was like halfway paying attention and I did not really <laughs> a good job. Uh, <laughs> he knocked so many balls off the court and down an old drain leading from the abbey that he ordered for the passage to be blocked mm. Three days later assassins arrived to kill him. The plot thickens. Um, he tried to escape through the passage, but it was blocked because he was murdered. (laughs) Oh no. Sad. But like the idea, Uh, I love the idea that you're like, your main focus is like how frustrating it is for that to happen in tennis, because it's not like he's going, he's chasing after these balls himself. Like if he's King Scots, he's probably got a ball chaser. Yeah. Surely. Surely. Um, (laughs) and so I think it. In my eyes, this is like an ego thing where he was just like, I hate that, you know, I keep getting taunted by this passage, fill it up. It's only because that passage is there that I'm so bad at tennis. <laughs> yes, yes. And I need it gone. And then yeah. three days later, <laughs> I'm guess Uh-oh. the ball boy did it.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Um, and that took place in 1436. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Um, How long has last... tennis been around? Way too long. That's
2: crazy yeah
1: yeah Anyways, is that right is that possible
2: I don't know let's see let's shall we do a quick... it quick
1: we're going off script <laughs> <History> we're getting <laughs> wild here tennis. 12th century France wow it was played in the form of a handball game that doesn't sound like tennis yeah you're not supposed to use your hands in tennis <laughs> don't like... you guys know the rules <laughs> Um, (laughs) Okay, how do we solve that mystery? Yeah, we did it. Um, The next um, one and the final one that I have for micro immature history um, is a comment from Mm -hmm. Reddit user film underscore composer, which is a cool name on Mm -hmm. an Ask Reddit thread for which historically famous figure do you think would be most surprised to learn that they are famous? This is his comment um Mm. hegel hegelocus hegelocus i don't know um an actor who mispronounced a word in a play in the year 408 bc he was mocked so thoroughly for it that his mistake made it into the collective ledger of things historian knew about and generally agreed upon having happened and we're still aware of it over 2400 years later um huh so and I don't know Greeks. So I don't really you know, know all the details. Sure. So if I like looked at this guy's Wikipedia page, cause I was going to read that for immature history, but he like did a bunch of other stuff too. And it was really long. Sure. And I didn't feel yeah, like, have time. Um, but then the commentary says, imagine making a meme today with a word misspelled and others found that misspelling so egregiously mockable that you are still known for it in the year 4422. Wow. And the top, com- the comment, like right underneath that, all it said was cofeef. <laughs> <laughs> that one's going to stand the testament it's, of time it I just really it. is it really <laughs> is um yes so wow. bummer for that guy hegelicus wow you know sometimes words are hard especially when you're performing yeah words are hard they're hard uh, let us live um wow. and that's that was my that was my micro immature history. I love all of them. Thank you. Um,
0: Let's do some mini museums and mine are pretty short. Okay. I love it. I'm also going to start with the longest one first. And this is called the bog standard gallery. Okay. The bog standard gallery was previously a portable toilet cubicle and is believed to be one of the smallest art galleries in the world. So this is a mini museum in more ways than one.
1: I
2: love it.
0: The gallery, complete with white walls and an oak floor, um, the piece of installation art mimicking a traditional gallery space was created and curated by UK-based artist uh, Melanie Boda in 2007. Measuring just over one meter squared, the piece was created as part of Melanie Boda's degree course in interactive arts at Manchester Metropolitan University, gaining her first class honors. Bog Standard Gallery was created to house photographs from Melanie Boda's Bog Standard Signs series, a collection of photographs of toilet signs from around the world. The collection spans thousands of images of the symbols used to depict male and female on toilet doors from around the globe. Photograph collection began as part as part of Melanie's research towards her dissertation, in which she investigated whether cultural differences are portrayed in the design of toilet signs in different parts of the world. The original study was based on the toilet signs in the United Kingdom as a comparison with the toilet signs in Israel. As Boda traveled further and the collection of images grew, the research has developed. Melanie now receives images of toilet signs from people around the world who have since been interested in the project and want to make a contribution to the growing collection. (laughs) Bog Standard Gallery exhibits 24 photographs from the collection at a time and the images are frequently changed to incorporate new signs added to the collection. Um, Bog Standard Gallery has been touring around the United Kingdom since its creation in 2007, receiving its 50,000th visitor in 2009, and has been seen in a number of galleries and public spaces. Exhibition venues have included Urbis and Manchester Arts Depot in North London, and the toilet gallery in Kingston upon Thames, Surrey. The cubicle was on display at the Watford Museum in Hertfordshire through August 2013. So it's literally just a porta potty with images, mean <laughs> so, it. and I love it. It's so good. It's so good. It's such uh, a good image. That's so. Cool. Um, and then the second museum I want to tell you about. This one's pretty short um because really all that exists on it is its website hmm. and this is my arch nemesis the international vinegar museum no way <laughs> <laughs> So the International Vinegar Museum is in Roslyn, South Dakota. So if anyone's ever just passing through, it's a big tourist hotspot. It really is. I don't know what else (laughs) is going on there, but surely something.
1: Roslyn. (laughs) Maybe there's a honey museum there. Yeah, honey and vinegar. Oh, if there's not, (laughs) we should definitely we across the street a honey museum would
0: be pretty good that'd be so
1: bees are like hey fuck you guys that's all we do
0: (laughs) are we not enough it's just white people just start colonizing bees oh colonizing (laughs) (laughs) aren't they colonies uh with bees (laughs) there's so much wordplay here
1: who does colonies oh
0: ants do colonies damn it yeah, that's pesky. Anyways,
1: guess. I'm sure there's plenty of wordplay. We'll get to it. I mean, you can't tell me that with all the bees in the world, there's not one colony. There's got to be a colony of bees. Be a colony.
2: <laughs> You're
1: going rogue. <laughs>
0: okay, so from the International Vinegar Museum website, uh, welcome to the International Vinegar Museum. Here we celebrate the wonder that is vinegar. Did you know they used vinegar in ancient Egypt? Have you ever seen artwork made from vinegar paper? A bottle of balsamic can cost how much? <laughs> Just how like much? a million A million question. Uh, my favorite style of writing. Yeah, they can get pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Okay, so what to do at the International Vinegar Museum. This list is beautiful. Taste different vinegars, number one. Um, So no thank you from me, but
1: <laughs> vinegar tasting sounds horrible. so bad. So bad. I don't have a problem with vinegar. Yeah. Ugh.
0: Um. See hundreds of vinegars from all over the world. Uh, learn how vinegar is made. I actually have no idea how vinegar is made.
1: Oh yeah. I've never thought about it once. Until never thought about it. I just assume there's like a tree that had vinegar inside. It. <laughs> There's a vinegar tree, and we just tap it. It's like aloe <laughs> or something. Yeah. Hey, can I have some? Yeah. Can I okay, have I'm some do, vinegar?
2: Google,
1: it's made by the fermentation of any numerous dilute alcoholic liquids into a liquid. Oh, oh, so sure. That makes sense.
0: Um, wow. learn the many uses for vinegar. See paper and ceramic made from vinegar. Bring home something unique from the gift shop, including Vinegar Apparel, artwork, and of course, Vinegar. Vinegar Apparel. Vinegar Apparel. I hope they have some on this website.
1: I'm going to look. What could that be? (laughs) It's a shirt that says Vinegar. I mean, like. (laughs) Oh, they do have a shop on the website. Let's go to it and see what's going on. I'm guessing there's an apron. Oh, there's got to be an apron. There's got to be an apron. Okay.
0: Lots of bottles of vinegar. Oh, no. There's a shirt that says I got pickled. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Better than I would have imagined. Um, a kid's
0: shirt that says future vinegar queen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so just say vinegar princess.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then another kid's shirt that says cut the pickle and then tickle tickle
1: no hate and the that. pickle
0: does not look happy on it
1: cut the pickle tickle tickle yeah I don't like that that seems I don't I
0: think the I got pickle t-shirt is something I would go for yeah. the pickle is wearing sunglasses in the oh, image gosh. so um, but yeah, that's the extent of the vinegar apparel. <laughs> oh
1: my God. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. There are some mini museums for you. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> Next segment. Yeah. Are we ready? I'm ready. Um, today I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to read you the articles on um, Madame Tussaud. Oh, uh, because here's the thing,
0: the, the, you know, obviously the big news is about Boris Johnson these oh, yeah. days. Are we going to talk about <laughs> his wax figure? I don't think so. I don't know. If that Have you wacky. seen this? No, but I bet
2: it was, there was,
0: um, gosh, hold on. Like, I feel like someone put his wax figure outside of oh yeah when he stepped down his wax work appears outside of um, job center
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just love
1: it I love it wow that's really good
2: yeah oh my god so funny all right um. Here we go.
1: Okay, so we're gonna start with the Wikipedia article for Marie Tussaud, mm-hmm. the Madame, in Madame yes, Tussauds, the Madame, the. Um. Okay, Anna Maria Marie Tussaud, um, was a French artist known for her wax sculptures and Madame Tussauds, the the wax museum she founded in London. Marie Tussaud was born in uh, December 1st, 1761 in Strasbourg, France, 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 France. Um, (laughs) uh, Her father, Joseph Groscholtz, was killed in the Seven Years' War just two months before Marie was born. When she was six years years old, her mother, Anne-Marie Walder, took her to Bern in Switzerland. Uh, There, Mm -hmm. the family moved into the home of local doctor Felipe uh, Curtius, for whom Anne Marie acted as a housekeeper, which mm-hmm. okay, wait, she was born. Oh, so she was six and was a housekeeper. So yikes! Cool, 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 cool. cool. cool, cool, cool. Love, Love history so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Curtius, whom Marie would call her uncle, was skilled in wax modeling. He initially used this talent to illustrate anatomy, but he later used it for portraits. He moved to Paris in 1765 to establish a wax portraiture firm there's a french name for it in that year he made a waxwork of louis the 15th's last mistress madame dubarry a casting that is the oldest waxwork currently on display mm. a year later tussaud and her mother joined Curtius in paris uh the first exhibition of Curtius's wax works was shown in 1770 and attracted a large crowd in 1776, the exhibition was moved to the uh, Palais Royal, and in 1782, Curtius opened a second ex- exhibit, the Caverne des Grand Voleurs (Cavern of the Grand Thieves), a precursor to Tussaud's Chamber of Horrors on Boulevard du Temple. Okay, um, early career. Curtius taught Tussaud the art of wax modeling. Also, I'm positive that's not how you pronounce it. C u r t i u s. She sure it's like Curtius or something. but. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? She, who knows? She showed talent for the technique and began working for him as an artist. In 1777, she created her first wax figure, that of Voltaire. <laughs> oh, that guy. That one. Uh, from 1780 until the revolution in 1789, Tussaud created many of her most famous portraits of celebrities, such as those of philosopher Jean Jacques Rousseau. Benjamin Franklin, and Voltaire, again. Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) During this period, her memoirs claim she became employed to teach votive making to Elizabeth, the sister of Louis XVI. In her memoirs, she admitted to be privy to private conversations between the princess and her brother and members of his court. She also claimed that members of the royal family were so pleased with her work that she was invited to live at Versailles for a period of nine years although no contemporary evidence exists to confirm her accounts. Mm. On July
2: 12th, 19,
1: uh, 1789, wax heads of Jacques Necker and the Duke d'Orleans made by Curtius were carried in a protest march two days before the attack on the Bastille. Tussaud was perceived as a royal sympathizer. In the reign of terror, she was arrested along with Josephine du Beauharnais. And her head was shaved in preparation for her execution by guillotine. Oh. Isn't that a twist I did not see coming? Uh, yikes. And
0: also, yeah. you know, happy Bastille Day recently. Yeah. Hey, happy Bastille Day, gang. You guys, great job <laughs> out it. there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, she said she was released thanks to Colo de Bois, Who's a French They're actor? Doing great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, support for Curtius and his household. Toussaint said that she was then employed to make death masks and whole body casts of the revolution's famous victims, including mm-hmm. Louis XVI, Marie Antoinette, Princess de Lamballe, Marat, and Robespierre.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, death masks. Yikes! 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 Um, When Cardians died in 1794, he left his collection of wax works to Tussaud. In 1795, she married Francois Tussaud, a civil engineer. The couple had three children, a daughter who died after birth and two sons, Joseph and Francois. Sure,
2: sure,
1: Um, okay. Then she goes to Great Britain. In 1802, after the Treaty of Amiens, Tussaud went to London with her son Joseph, then four years old, to present her collection of portraits. She had accepted an invitation from Paul Philidor, a magic lantern and phantasmagoria pioneer. Put that on my tombstone. A phantasmagoria pioneer?
2: Oh my God. A dream
1: job. What's a phantasmagoria? A form of horror theater. Of form of horror theater. (laughs) that used one or more magic lanterns to project frightening images such as skeletons, demons, and ghosts onto walls, smoke, or semi-transparent screens. Okay, stick with me here. A
0: adult version of Fantasia where it's also horror. Okay. And it's called Phantasmagoria.
1: Yeah. Okay. Someone make that. Someone make that. And if you really wanted to... I mean, I don't like gory movies, but I feel like the word gore is already in there. It's so in that's there. another opportunity if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Just leaving it all on the floor. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's my gory, a pioneer. The word pioneer next to that. The juxtaposition <laughs> just does not check out. Right. So, Were they in a covered wagon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So she accepted an invitation from... The pioneer to exhibit her work alongside his show at the Lyceum Mm Theatre. She did not fare particularly well financially and left for Edinburgh in 1803. As a result of the Napoleonic Wars, Dessaud was unable to return to France, so she traveled with her collection throughout the British Isles. I love the idea that she's just roaming around (laughs) the British Isles with like a bunch of like life-size wax figures. (laughs) How are you transporting these things, babe?
0: <laughs> yeah, is
1: there like an air conditioned horse and buggy situation? <laughs> right. I would assume they'll melt. I don't know. Yeah, can't be. Good. Um, so let's see. Mm-hmm. So she was unable to return to France. Uh, in 1822, she, so 20 years later, she reunited with her son Francois, who joined her in the family business. Her husband, however, remained in France and the two never saw each other again. So. Mm, wow. That sucks. Yeah. I wonder why. Could he not mm. leave because of the war? Was he just like, ah, it's a, it's a far drive. It's a far drive. <sighs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I know it's been 20 years, but like. Gas is so expensive. It's <laughs> so expensive. <laughs> uh, In November of 1825, her touring exhibition was in the Weisbeck Georgian Theater, now the Angles Theater or Angles Theater, I don't know, Mm -hmm. having already been at Yarmouth, Norwich, Kingsland, and Bury Street Edmonds. Bury Street or St. I don't know. Wikipedia. It's fine. Um, Entrance was one shilling. Oh, that's all? That's all. In 1835, after 33 years touring Britain, she established her first permanent exhibition in Baker Street. Isn't that right Oh, where we know Baker Sherlock, Street. Our yeah. Mr. Holmes. Uh-huh. Um, she established her first permanent exhibition in Baker Street on the upper floor of the Baker Street uh, Bazaar. Bazaar, that's bizarre. I never say that Bazaar. word right. Bazaar. Yeah. Here's why I never say that word right. You know how sometimes, they're words that you read before you ever hear them. And so you just make, yeah. them up. well, that was, um, there was a bazaar in Neopets.
0: Oh, there was a bazaar, And that's, and that's yeah. how I learned
1: that word. Oh, uh, shout out Neopets. Yeah. Sorry. I'm <laughs> neglecting you I'm still. Yeah. I'm so sorry to my One years Neopet. later. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: hope you're doing okay. You guys are good. There.
1: You guys good. Yeah. <laughs> I got you pets and clothes, so I'm sure. You're fine. I did as much as I could as a thirteen-year-old. I really year old. did. I spent many hours of my childhood. <laughs> in 1838, she wrote her memoirs. In 1842, she made a self-portrait, which is now on display at the entrance of her museum. Some mm. of the sculpture sculptures done by Tissot herself still exist. Uh, she died in her sleep in London on April 16th, 1850, at the age of 88. Hmm. There's a memorial tablet to Madame Marie Tussaud on the right side of the nave of St. Mary's Roman Catholic Church, Cadogan Street, London, which is not really what I would assume would happen. Yeah. How do, how do Catholic churches work? Uh, there's no way to know. There's literally a lot no of
0: secrets going on in there. <laughs> a lot. A
1: lot. Um, okay. Um, Let's see. So then upon Marie Tussaud's retirement, her son, Francois or Francis became chief artist for the exhibition. Um, He was succeeded in turn by his son, Joseph, who was then succeeded by his son, John Theodore Hmm. Tussaud. Madison, Madison. (laughs) Oh, Madison. Madison (laughs) Tussaud. I'm so tired. (laughs) Madame Tussauds Wax Museum has now grown to become one of the major tourist attractions in London and has expanded with branches in, I didn't know there were this many, I knew there were a lot, but I didn't know there were this many, Amsterdam, Istanbul, Beijing, Bangkok, Berlin, Blackpool, Sydney, Hong Kong, Wuhan, Las Vegas, San Francisco, Chongqing, Shanghai, Washington, DC, New York City, Orlando, Nashville, Hollywood, Singapore, Tokyo, Budapest, Vienna, New Delhi, and Dubai. Wow. As of 2019, the newest museum is in Prague. Oh, yeah. The current owner is Mer- Merlin Entertainments. We love classic. Anything wizard adjacent. Yeah, I love a
0: wizard theme. Yeah. Have you ever been to a Madame Tussauds?
1: Um, I've not been in one. <laughs> when oh. I was in London, we walked like into kind of the lobby-ish area of mm. the one, because I think it's by the London Eye, right? I think so, yeah. Um, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because we were like, we didn't go on the London Eye or anything. We were just like walking around there and there was like Madame Tussauds and there was like a big Shrek exhibit and we were just kind of like, sure, bopping around. Yeah, <laughs> it's a hard choice
0: between Shrek and Madame Tussauds. It is. You should, the next time you go to London, you should go on the Eye though. It
1: was surprisingly yes. awesome. I know. I, so. yeah, I, we were going to go that day, but then it was like super overcast. And so it was just mm-hmm. like we What's didn't want to point? spend the money on it being that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I love the Ferris
2: wheel. Yeah. yeah. Oh so my fun. God. You can't get me off
1: of the Ferris wheel. Yeah. I will go round and round and round.
0: And round. <laughs> um, I went to the one in DC many, many, many moons ago. Um, mm-hmm. and it was fine, you know. Took
1: pictures with Oprah. As you do. I'll have to put up some of my pictures. Yes, please do. Because there were a lot of selfies. Yes, I remember you recently showing me the one of you and Martin Luther King. (laughs) (laughs) Best buds.
0: (laughs) The the wax figures that I chose to take selfies with on that
1: trip, like uh, what was I doing? Yeah, what? (laughs) I think that that's I don't know. I feel like that would be a really great indicator of like how everyone's doing at various points in your life of like, okay, if you go when you're 10, who do you take selfies with? If you go when you're, you know, 18, if you yeah. go when you're 25, like I would have loved some sort of like yardstick situation there. of like. Uh. Well, and that's the funny thing is like, cause I have a collage of me
0: posing with several, um, Uh, Figures of Oprah throughout my life. So I have like a nine-year-old version of me posing with a Mm -hmm. bust of Oprah. Yeah. Me posing with Oprah at Madame Tussauds. And I feel like there's another one. And so just like all throughout my life, it's clear I've always loved her. Yeah, you're
1: just following her. I am. I love it. Okay. Um, So now I'm going to read a little bit about the actual museums, Madison. God, why do I keep saying Madison? Because it's...
0: (laughs) It's too close. It's too close to your name. <laughs> I'm not okay.
1: Do you want to take a nap real quick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so embarrassing. Okay. So we're going to talk about the museum now. Yeah. By 1835, Marie Tussaud had settled down in Baker Street, London, as we know, and opened a museum. One of the main attractions of her museum was the Chamber of Horrors, Mm. which is spooky. The name is often credited to a contributor to Punch in 1845, uh, but Tussaud actually appears to have originated it herself, using it in advertising as early as 1843. And Punch Mm. is just a weekly British magazine of humor and satire. Um, And... I don't know what the, let me open up this little tab because I've never been to Madame Tussauds. I don't know what the Chamber of Horrors is. I have, you know, I can guess. I can make some deductions. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see what this says. Again, Wikipedia. Um, Chamber of Horrors was an original exhibition at Madame Tussauds in London, being an exhibition of waxworks of notorious murderers and other infamous historical figures.
2: Oh! It
1: first opened as a separate room in Marie Tussaud's 1802 exhibition in London and quickly became a success. Sure. Because we've always been fucked up as it showed historical personalities (laughs) and artifacts (laughs) rather than the freaks of nature popular in, oh, the freaks of nature popular in other waxworks of the day. So people like historical freaks as opposed to- Love them. Live ones, I guess yeah um, they're much preferred so in 1886 let's see oh okay when she set it up in 1802 the exhibits at the time included the heads of uh King Louis the 16th Marie Antoinette Madame du Barry Marat Robespierre Hébert Carrier. I don't know who any of these people are I mean I know who some of them are um in addition to models of a guillotine and the bastille and the egyptian mummy from cardias's collection
2: um so in
1: 1835 she then set up a permanent exhibition in london um which officially became the chamber of horrors um at this time her exhibits included colonel despard arthur thistlewood arthur thistlewood sounds um not at all threatening. No, what a beautiful name. Yeah, he that. was a radical activist and conspirator in the Cato Street Conspiracy. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, William Corder. Mm-hmm. um, who was a murderer, Burke and okay. Hare. Um, do you know them? <laughs> no. Oh, the podcast Tenfold More Wicked covers them. It's very good. Uh huh. Um, okay. They were just murderers. They killed like sixteen people oh um let's see I'm trying to see a lot of these people I don't really know um American hair yeah, yeah, yeah. historical characters that have been so it was renovated in 1996 um and Brought to life the history of crime and punishment over the last 500 years, including items from Newgate Prison and featuring replicas of instruments of torture displayed amid a recording of actors' groans and screams. Uh, oh so my. Unsettling. Um, let's see. An innovation in recent years was to have actors in macabre makeup and costumes lurch at customers from the dark shadows and recesses oh no. of prison cells, where some cells oh no. were occupied with waxwork figures and others had the doors ajar giving the impression that a dangerous maniac was on the loose. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, historical characters at this time in 1896 uh, displayed included Vlad the Impaler, Genghis Khan, Guy Fox, and Adolf Hitler. Mm. There was no waxwork figure of Jack the Ripper um, in accordance with Madame Tussaud's policy of not modeling persons whose likeness is unknown. I was gonna say, what's she gonna base it on? Yeah, what's she gonna do? <laughs> Um, wow, that's very interesting. Um, okay, back to the main article. hmm Um, okay, some sculptures still exist that were made by Marie Tissot herself. The gallery originally contained some 400 different figures, but fire damage in 1925, coupled with German bombs in 1941, severely damaged most of such older models. The casts mm. themselves have survived, allowing the historical wax works to be remade, and these can be seen in the museum's history exhibit. That's cool. Mm. Yeah, the oldest figure on display is that of Madame Dubarry. The work of Curtius from 1765, and part of the waxworks left to Groschultz at his death. Um, oh, and her maiden name was Groschultz. So when Curtius died, she got them. That's right. Mm. Um, other faces from the time of Tussaud include Robespierre and George III. In 1842, she made a self-portrait, which is now on display at the entrance of museum of her museum um okay recent status of the museum because i'm going to skip over ownership changes because that's boring yeah yeah uh madame tussaud's wax museum became a major tourist attraction in london until 2010 it incorporated the london planetarium in its west wing a large animated dark ride the spirit of london opened in 1993 today's wax figures at tussaud's include historical and royal figures film stars sports stars and famous murderers it has been known since 2007 as Madame Tussaud's museums, no apostrophe. So it's just plural Tussaud. Oh, interesting okay. Interesting radical decision there. Yeah, very interesting. Um, yeah. Okay, um, let's see here. In July 2008, Madame Tussaud's Berlin branch became embroiled in controversy when a 41-year-old German man brushed past two guards and decapitated a wax figure depicting Adolf Hitler good for him good for him also just we like love to it, see it feels yeah a little controversial especially in germany why did don't First like him all, either yeah why do we have a wax figure
0: of hitler yeah. and second of all i fully support that guy who beheaded him
1: yeah same good job good job guy uh this was believed to be an act of protest against showing the ruthless dictator alongside sports heroes movie stars and other historical figures yes yeah um the statue has since been repaired, and the perpetrator has admitted that he attacked the statue to win a bet. The original model of Hitler was unveiled at Madame Tussauds London in April 1933. It was frequently vandalized, and a 1936 replacement had to be carefully guarded. But like, why, why? just let it go? Yeah, we don't need Hitler. Yeah, just melt him. Ah, reuse him. An um, Angela. A in waste there. of wax. Yeah, we love Angola. In January 2016, the statue of Adolf Hitler was removed from the Chamber of Horrors section in the London Museum in response to an open letter sent by a staff writer of the Jewish Journal of Greater Los Angeles, followed by significant support for its removal from social media. So, um, I guess it's gone now.
0: Okay. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: okay so there's so many fucking museums um there's a lot here about like celebrity poses with their wax figures so many times celebrities pose like their wax figures as pranks and publicity stunts I love that so much <laughs> I, I love, love that. a good prank at a wax figure museum <laughs> here for it yeah um I'm mad that none of the
0: ones I posed with were pranking me. Yeah, if only Martin Luther King Jr. had.
1: If only. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha, baby. It's (laughs) On November 3rd, 2009, the museum's New York City branch was featured in a segment on NBC's Today in which weatherman Al Roker posed in place of his lifelike wax figure for two hours and startled unsuspecting visitors who at first led to (laughs) believe they were viewing Roker's counterpart. (laughs) two hours incredible oh my god I love it um in 2010 Ozzy Osbourne did similarly in New York to promote his album scream I would not have liked that (laughs) no no thank you I it would have been far
0: too scary for me (laughs) (laughs) I never want to meet the real Ozzy Osbourne I just
1: feel like yeah no um Okay, some NBA players, pranked fans, blah, blah, blah. In 2015, Arnold Schwarzenegger posed as the Terminator statue in the Hollywood Museum to promote a charity event. Mm-hmm. That would also be scary. Arnold Schwarzenegger, big guy. would be really big scary. Big guy, yeah. Huge. Yeah. Um, Let's see. This um, It's been feature- featured in some films, some games. It's an Assassin's Creed. <laughs> sure. Oh. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, oh, something that really kind of like blew my mind in Jules Verne's novel around the world in 80 days. Mm -hmm,
2: Uh, his author says
1: that the only thing the wax figures sculpted by Madame Tussauds lack is speech, which is just like such a weird thing to me because it's like Madame Tussauds nowadays, I know there's obviously, you know, we just went over all the history, but it's crazy to me that, um, you know, something so like kitschy and touristy and like goofy now, is like yeah. in you know a literary classic, That's so well funny. respected.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. There's some music about it. Sure. Um. The The Beatles had their wax figures featured along with cardboard cutouts of various famous people in the cover art for Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Sure. Um. And. That's about it. I mean, there's this Wikipedia page
2: goes on for so
1: long because it's like every single, um, wax figure at every single of the museums. Holy moly. It's a lot. Um, and I just, honestly, I'm really here for the diversity because we have like, and the, um, the like genres that they give. So, Mm -hmm. um, in Hollywood, <laughs> they have um, the 90s, the spirit of Hollywood, modern okay. classics, movies, pop icons, Marvel, country, <laughs> A-list party. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. come on. It's so Those are all funny. the same thing. They're all the same. Um, but yeah, I saw a wow. lot of these there's Shrek Shrek I know all I want is is that the only like character that they have like a non-real person no so this is in Orlando okay they have a lot this is a good one they have a lot of them okay Okay. so they have Justice League which I don't care about Um, from film they have Audrey Hepburn Kung Fu Panda and Marilyn Monroe the big three Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh that's of jackie chan et shrek and fiona jennifer lawrence dwayne the rock johnson john travolta and olivia newton john vin sure. diesel and steven spielberg there's okay. a <laughs> no, no. there's a um i don't know a group just called party <laughs> yeah and it's <laughs> i'm just okay just imagine you walk into a party with the following okay. people: okay, oh god, Selena Gomez, okay, Anne Hathaway, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ryan Gosling, Jennifer uh-huh. Aniston, Will Smith, Brad and Angelina, separately, Canning <laughs> Tatum, Johnny Depp, Tom Hanks. Why wouldn't he be in the film one? <laughs> Why wouldn't any of these people be in the film one? He's Samuel a, L. Jackson. Animal. Uh Uh-huh. And Emma Watson,
0: like just, here's the thing, just an absolute nightmare, blunt rotation circle.
1: Oh my God. The worst,
0: (laughs) the worst.
1: Um, (laughs) yeah. Wow. (laughs) Um, oh, there's just so many good ones. They of course have Donald Trump, uh, right next to Albert Einstein, Abraham Lincoln, Madame Tussaud, Neil Armstrong. (laughs) Uncle sure. Stanford, Barack Obama. Right Thomas where Edison, he belongs. MLK. Yeah. It's just, it's genuinely so good. the funniest thing to me. I could look at <laughs> pictures of wax sculptures for hours. Yeah, they're very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, and I plan on it. I will be doing that. So, um, but honestly, that's really all I have. Uh, that yeah. is Madame Tussauds. At wow. a quick glance, courtesy entirely of Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful and, you know, job, thank you. you just thank have you. To really whip it up, since I. Uh...
0: <laughs> yeah, campers, we are. Um, we're doing our best here. We did not want to leave you high and dry, and we hope you enjoyed this variety show extravaganza. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know situation. Um, yeah.
0: Um, you know, the good news is that Madison and I will soon be living in the same city and we're really excited for like what that will do for our recordings. Yeah. Um, so just expect, you know, better quality and no zoom
1: zoom lags. Um, yeah. And, you know, this is the type of stuff, this variety show, is similar to some of the stuff that we, um, have already done and are planning on doing more of in Patreon. Uh, so if you care to get, you know, a head start and join us there, it's patreon.com slash camp. Join us. Yeah. We'll have more very soon. I will be there in like two weeks. It's going to be amazing.
0: And yeah, we're just going to blow your balls off with content.
1: Yeah. You'll be full Ken
0: dolls down there. <laughs> Happen.
1: Um. Yeah,
0: and uh, you know, obviously this this variety show episode is going to be just wild on social media. So you can come mm-hmm. hang out with us there, um, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram at the Museum Camp. Um, mm-hmm.
1: just come hang out with us, and we'll talk. We'll talk shop. Yeah. Yeah, we're really good at that. Yeah. Um, is there any other housekeeping? I think that's all we need to say we... this time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We just love all of
0: you campers so, so much. Um, Make sure you practice fire safety whenever you're um, in the woods. Um, And, you know, share your s'mores is what I want to say. A lot of stingy s'mores eaters out there.
1: Uh, The worst.
0: The worst. And, you know, just, just be kind, pass a marshmallow and Mm -hmm. we will see you all next time.
1: We'll see you
2: then. Bye. (laughs) Oh. <laughs>